Alright, well good morning. Why don't we go ahead and just jump off with a prayer. Uh, we'll pray together. Bow your heads, we'll pray. Father, we want to just thank you for uh, this beautiful morning. God, as uh, it has... Well, certainly there are different opinions, God. It has gotten cold again, which encourages some and discourages others. Lord, uh, I pray that our encouragement would not be of the things of the world, but ultimately from you, God. That we can feel uh, and, and be encouraged by your Holy Spirit within us through knowing you, Jesus, getting the opportunity to uh, spend time with you. God, I pray that this morning you would just use me uh, and overflow, pour out of me by your Holy Spirit, uh, your will and your words. I pray that I can ultimately be an instrument of your will every day uh, to put myself aside, to speak your word and preach your word uh, with humility and with zeal and with love, uh, just overflowing and abounding from me, God. I'm so grateful for you, Jesus, for everything you've done. We give glory to you and praise to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, title of this morning's sermon is uh, is refreshed. Ooh. Refreshed. Uh, point one is going to be filled up. Point two is going to be overflowing. And uh, we're going to start off in John chapter seven. <clears throat> now, I made sure I had my water up here, which is actually really good at the moment because I feel like I have all sorts of stuff in my throat. But as many of you know, it gets hot in in these rooms, right? Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> this morning, as soon as I got here, I pretty much just asked him, just make sure the heat's off. Because it, it's almost like without fail, if I don't say it and it's cold outside, the heat kicks on at like 940, and then by 950, it's 85 degrees in here, and we all come in feeling like, what's going on? And then the water in the back is gone by communion, right? <laughs> I don't know if anybody else has ever noticed that. But we're like, ah, I'm thirsty, I'm parched, I need some refreshment. Right, and so we we are we're eager to run to the water and go and, and get refreshment and, and be refreshed. And it's I gotta say that they probably you know have some giant osmosis filter that this is pretty good water. Yeah. Well, uh, personally, I think so. It's it's not like the little water at the Leap's house where they draw from this like well and then they still filter it and it just tastes amazing. But it's pretty good water, and and. I like it. I feel like I can drink a decent amount of it. But something I've noticed with what I when when I want to be refreshing, I don't know what you guys like to drink to feel refreshed, but I I personally love this orange sweats seltzer water. Oh yeah. Like now I am not from New England and from what I understand I, I I've never I never drank seltzer water going up. Uh, my my stepdad worked for Coca-Cola. My mom worked for Coca-Cola. So I, I literally had cases upon cases, and I mean 24-pack cases, not 12-pack cases, of soda um, for like $3 a case, I think is what my parents paid. So I drank way too much soda as a kid. Um, and, and, but I found that since I moved here, I, I really like seltzer water. Now I don't drink, I don't eat sweets, so my my like palate, this is this is like a Fanta orange practically to me, and some of you think I'm, some of you don't even know what Fanta is. Uh, Sunkiss, think Sunkiss, all right. <clears throat> but to me, this is so refreshing. It's so much so that I bought two of these in like the last week, 
And the problem is, is I finished this, where I bought one, I think I bought this Wednesday, and I drank half of them by Wednesday night, and then I was like, I have to stop. I got to the point where I would go to the fridge and I'd be like, no. And I would just, I'd have to go, I'd tell myself, no. And then Thursday I would drink, I'd drink another three, and last night I finished them off. And I finished this whole case in three days, and I would have finished it probably day one if I let myself. Because it, I just find it so refreshing. Now, somebody's going to come tell me later why drinking seltzer water is actually bad for me and it's not the same. Hey, man. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's great. I enjoy it. I feel very refreshed when I drink it. Uh, you know, but, but they say you should have... that. They, they say that you should have between 64 to 72 ounces of water every day. Right? Now... <clears throat> Sometimes I have an algae, and when I don't lose it, which I tend to do, I buy one about every six months, and I lose it every four months. Um, but I drink so much more water when I have it available, but I still don't like it the same way. But I should drink at least two Nalgene's, essentially, a day. And that's on a normal day with a normal loss of water and, and everything going on. That's not including when I'm doing something that's physically active. But I can feel... Very thirsty. Excuse me, didn't expect the ice. So, <clears throat> but for me, I get refreshed by some seltzer water. I don't know about you guys. But what, what refreshes you when I think about it? This is a refreshing drink on a hot day. You guys know when, if you've... I mean, it gets hot here for like a week. So, you know, on like a hot day... If you've been doing something really physically active and you've been out there and you're sweating a lot and then you get like a cold drink, right? You guys know what I'm talking about how just good it it just it just tastes good. Like regular water is just phenomenal when you're thirsty, when you're just you you you've been hot, but that's refreshing. But you know, there's other things that we find refreshing, right? There are things like uh, let's say when, when you're going to a store and that random stranger just opens the door and waits for you to walk up and they just smile at you, don't say anything, just, you're like, thanks, that was, that was really nice. Yeah. You know, uh, I realized moving to the north that that doesn't happen as much and I was admonishing myself um, the other day because I realized I walked out, Rob Meter and I walked out of uh, uh, a restaurant for having our, our lunch together. And I didn't hold the door for these people. And I was like, oh, oh, you know, and Rob got it. And I was like, shame on me. What? I am losing my manners. But I get, it's refreshing to me when you see a stranger do something kind for you. Right? It's really refreshing. It's refreshing when you just feel like I need a hug. And somebody just comes up and gives you, like, a great hug. Now, maybe you're not a hugger, so that's not your thing. But... But maybe it's what you're saying is when you pay a lot of attention to detail to your work and most people don't notice and then you get somebody that goes, this is awesome, right? Isn't that refreshing? Maybe if that's, if that's your thing, like you, you put a lot of effort into it. Nobody really seems to notice until a couple people are just like, I saw what you did like there and, and points out the little details. That's refreshing, right? You know, that refreshes, we feel better, we feel good, we're like, okay, I can do a little more. 
or I want to do a, a continue to do this job or whatnot. But the question really comes is, how do you do, how do we stay refreshed when the world doesn't provide those little things? Right? When, how do we stay refreshed and how do we emotionally get all of those refreshments when we, the world is seeming to lacking in those things? When you feel like, man, I'm in the desert. I feel wrung out. I feel like that, you know, that sponge that sat on the side of the counter for like a month and hasn't been dried. It's just like a brick. You know what I'm talking about? That you feel like that's me. I'm, I'm no, no softness. I'm just dry as a bone. You know, and that's, that's what I want to talk about today. How do we get refreshed? Right? Turn over to John 7, verse 37. Because when we think about refreshment, when we think about what we need, we've got to think about Jesus. We must think about Jesus. In John 7, verse 37. It says, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the, Spirit, as the Scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. And up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. You know, Jesus is saying, and, and uh, we saw this if you if you know the uh, these scriptures in John chapter four. Jesus is also with a woman by the well, and he tells the woman, he says, "If you knew who it was that asked you, you would ask him for water. He would give you living water." Right here, he's bringing up this this concept of again of thirst, and he's. He's been talking about so much that he's the Messiah. He's the one to come. He's, he's been prophesying about himself and, and saying, uh, and, and will continue to do so in John chapter 8. But what's intriguing is when Jesus says, he says, if you're thirsty, come to me. Come to me. Any of us ever feel wrung out spiritually? We feel wrung out emotionally? We feel dry and coarse and hard. Um, what Jesus is saying, he's saying, come to me and I will refresh you. Right? Come to me and I will refresh you. Now, I think about being refreshed. You know, and I said before, it's, you know, you need those 60, 64 to 72 ounces of water a day, right? But if you have been out in the desert for a couple of days, right? Is, is 64, 72 ounces of water, is, is that going to satisfy you? Is that going to get you to the place you need to be? No, because you're at such a deficit that you're going, I thirst, I thirst. When, when you're in a, a, you're physically, when you're working out, you're, you know, mowing the yard, cleaning the yard, doing something, any sort of physical activity, you, it's just hot. If it's just hot, you need more water. You know, we think about the normal amount of Jesus that we get. Is the no- I'm terrible at drinking water. 
me just put that out there. All right? Kristen tells me all the time, you need to drink more water. You're dehydrated. Um, but she says that all the time to me. But how are you at going to Jesus regularly for a refreshment? Right? Like, do you do a good job getting your 72 ounces of Jesus a day? Right? And then when you think about it, in the, in the hard times, in the dry times, in the, in, I feel like I'm in the desert times, those are the times where we go, I need to drink more water right now. I need to drink more deeply of Jesus because I'm, I'm losing more. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and I'm sure many of us can think of all the different ways that we can feel wrung out. Right? I feel like the world, it, it's you're like that claw and the world's just wringing you out, you know what I'm saying? And then laying you out to dry. Um, and Jesus is going, I want to refresh you. Come to me, I will refresh you. If you are thirsty. You know, and I, I think about this. I need Jesus. I need Jesus more than I've ever needed Jesus in my life. I feel like, you know, spiritually, it's spiritual training. You know, when God sends you, sends through, you through challenge and hardship and all sorts of different things, it's the time to get more Jesus, not less. The problem is, I remember as a kid, <laughs> I'm remembering all the random sodas we used to have as a kid. Uh, does anybody remember Surge soda? Uh, oh my gosh, I drank way too much of that. But I would go and, and they don't even make that anymore. It's like really bad for you. Um, but they, I used to go and drink that to be refreshed. That's like such a momentary fix on an issue where I really need just water, right? Or I go and grab a Gatorade and I drink like five Gatorades. Now, Gatorade is not bad, but there comes to the point where it just doesn't do anything extra for you and that, all that extra stuff in it, you know, amen. But you think about it, how often do we go and grab a spiritual soda, spiritual, right, to get ourselves refreshed? Where we're not, you know, for me, it's, it's, I go and watch a couple things on Netflix, right? Rather than go and spend some time in prayer, right? I'll go and, and, and check out and, and go to something else. But what's your thing? What's your, your, uh, what's your soda? What's your, the thing that you go to rather than go to Jesus? Because Jesus is saying, come to me if you're thirsty. And I think about that. Often And the other day, even, um, I don't remember the exact scenario, but I remember, you know, we needed to get some stuff done around the house. And I just felt like, you guys know when you, you just have that level of annoyance that just seems to be a little higher than where it should be. And I really didn't want to be, you know, sniping back at my wife and, and, and all of that. And so I just, I took some time, I went downstairs in the basement, and I just sat down, I took some extra time, and just, I tried to pray, get my head right on who Jesus was. I mean, seriously, I was like, please just help me remember right now. I read some extra scriptures, and it took me 10, 15 minutes, but I got a little bit more of what I needed to be able to go back and be who I want to be, and be the husband I wanted to be for my for my wife, right? 
Um, but if I don't go to Jesus for that, I can't be who I want to be. How about you? How about you at work? How about you at home with your, with your kids or with your spouse? You know, how about you with your roommates? Right? All of these things. How about you with you? You know what I mean? And so, in those aspects, I know I need Jesus. And I know you need Jesus. Are you going to Jesus to be quenched? To be filled up? Because that's what Jesus desires for you. To fill you up. To help you be refreshed. Does that make sense, church? And so how you do that, I think many of us know it, but Jesus is the Messiah. He is God in the flesh. Came down to die for us. So many prophecies, so many things that are so encouraging. Builds my faith. But what I, those things are great when I need more faith. But sometimes what I just need is to remember that Jesus loves me. I need to see his example. All of those things. You've got to figure out what you need. And I encourage you, when it comes to getting filled up, if you need it, spend the time you need. Don't let yourself get so wrung out that you have nothing You've got nothing left. Right? Because that that coarse sponge, nobody uses that. It's more likely to get tossed out. And what we need is to drink deeply. You know, soak yourself up. I should have brought a sponge in a bowl. That would have been perfect. I would have had more props. I don't normally bring props, but that would have been another good one. You know, but I think about it, and I just want to encourage us. We need to fill ourselves up with Jesus. Fill ourselves up. Because Jesus doesn't want to just fill us up. He wants to pour us out and fill us up again. And, and my second point is this. Jesus wants you to be fresh, refreshed to the point of overflowing. Because that overflowing blesses others. Right? Look in this scripture again when he says, Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Right? And he's talking about the Holy Spirit, but he's saying, what do I want to do, guys? I want to give you my spirit. And that spirit that's going to be in you is going to overflow and affect other people. Right? It's going to affect other people. You know, I think about, what does it say? Galatians 5, uh, 22 and 23. It says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. All of these things. You ever notice how those things really benefit a lot of other people? Not just you. I mean, many of them are meant to benefit you. But it overflows from you to the benefit of others. Right? And God's saying, hey, you know what I want? I want you to be a source of joy for other people. I want you to be a source of kindness. I want you to be a source of gentleness and and all of these things for other people. Now, I think what's important to understand for all of us is that we've got to be sure of this. It is not our effort that makes the work, that makes these things work. It's not our effort. It's God's power through us. You guys get what I'm saying? Because God, God wants to use us in that way. And I think what can happen is we get in this obligation of my mind, I need to be this type of person for everybody else. And then what we do is we pour and we pour and we pour, and then we never go back to Jesus to be filled back up. Right? 
And then we're that wrung out cloth. And that's not what Jesus wanted. He goes, it's my power that's going to change the world, not you. And there are parts of us, you know, that can be loving and serving and giving and gentle and kind. And some of us are much better at it than others, right? But we have limits where God does not. Jesus is an infinite spring of water to overwhelm and refresh and and restore. Does that make sense? And so for all of us thinking about it, God wants you to be overflowing. But he's saying you've got to come back to me to get it. You know, he desires to have us be poured out through his Holy Spirit. And I want to I want to I want to I want to take a sidestep here and clear up a misconception about something here, because it talks about his Holy Spirit. And you guys ever, um, well, I remember growing up, and I had this conception that, mis- well, it was a misconception, but that if I just believed in Jesus, then I had the Holy Spirit, right? Because this scripture, I mean, it does say that those who believe in Him, His, his implication is they're going to have the Holy Spirit. He also says... Very specifically, whoever believes in me as the scriptures, uh, as the scripture has said, right, streams of living water will flow from him. And, and what I want to do is I want to clarify this word belief really quickly. To believe means, see, I believe that I should say something about this. Because I believe it, I'm going to say something. Um, if you believe something, you do something about it. Right? It's not, yes, John does start with, you've got to believe. It starts with intellectual assent, but that's just the beginning. The Holy Spirit doesn't come at that point, right? The the scriptures go on to say so much more. Believing the word and believing in Jesus, that's just the beginning. You know, I had a friend of mine named Trent who's in my wedding. And Trent, funny enough, Trent's actually moving uh, to Indiana Turns out he's he's actually dating uh, Jacob Lefevre's sister, which is pretty funny. So small kingdom, amen. But uh, so Trent Trent became a Christian. I studied the Bible with him. I did seeking the Word, and I did uh, just discipleship. So I talked about, hey, this is the Word of God. You can trust it. You believe in it. This is what the life of a disciple looks like. Didn't really hard challenge him that he's not, you know, a Christian. Just the Word definitely spoke. He got it. Then he went on Christmas break. You know how many people, when you get that far in the studies, you never see again when they go on break? I mean, it's different. I've found studying with older people, you know, Mary's people who are more mature. You cannot see them for like two months and they come back and they're like, hey, life's just busy. That's just normal. Young people, they're like, they forget you exist. Right? <laughs> and so, he, the craziest thing, send Trent... Trent goes home. I'm like, hey, man, while you're there, try to read the whole book of John. Read Acts. If you get any farther, just keep reading. Go for it. I don't think I talked to him at all. This guy has very little religious background or anything. Goes home, reads John, reads Acts, come back, get, like, contacts me, tells me he wants to talk to me. He comes back and he goes, Mike, I'm not a disciple. I'm not a Christian, and I need to be baptized. I mean, I was just like, amen. Like, that's, 
But for him, belief was just the beginning. And he followed the scriptures, and the scriptures really helped him understand. And, and there are very few people that I've found that will do that, that just go away with almost no accountability and just really read through the scriptures. That's pretty rare. Um, I love this guy. And he was a blessing to my life. He still is. And, and um, Amen. But I, I think when I look at what he did and how belief was just the beginning for him, I've got to go... When people say, oh yeah, he, he, he knew he wasn't saved when he believed. He read the scriptures. He didn't have all of the previous teaching that all you need to do is believe to be saved. And when he read the Bible, he came to that conclusion. Does that make sense? But belief caused him to come back and go, I need to do this. And that was amazing. But that's what real belief does. It, that was refreshing. <laughs> right? To see that. Belief is only the first step. And so, but in all of this, when we look at these scriptures, when you look at Jesus and you look at what he says, when we look at Romans and and everything, Paul writes, he says, you are Christ's ambassadors. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. When he says that you will be overflowing, right, with the Holy Spirit, that you are now going to be the source of living water. The implication is that we become an encouragement to the world around us. Right? That we become an encouragement to the world around us. Now i got to go back and say again, that needs to come from Jesus. If you're trying to pour yourself out and pour yourself out without filling yourself up with Jesus, you are going to be bone dry before too long. You may be a big sponge, but eventually you dry out. Right? And so, you've got to make sure that you fill yourself up. In the same sense, if you have been, if you are in the spiritual desert, if life is just coming at you, and you are, it is hot, you need more water. Right? You need more Jesus. The regular amount is not going to fill you the way you need it. You need even more. And it needs to be urgent. And don't, I want to encourage us, and, and this is as true for me as any other person in this room. We've got to stop grabbing the world's refreshment, the manufactured, tastes so good, right? Quench your thirst. And we need to go to what God has provided for us, right? Right? Let's not take the world's manufactured version of refreshment. Whatever the media wants to sell us on, whatever we think is going to refresh us, Let's spend the time with God and, and getting the encouragement even from one another because that's what we're called to do, right? When we've been filled up, I'm overflowing. If I'm overflowing, I'm going to pour into you when you're empty and you need more of Jesus because that's how God has made it to be, right? That's how it should be. And so the idea of this, when Jesus says, you will be this, come to me if you're thirsty, you will be refreshed, right? Right? And then I'm going to make you overflowing for the world around you as well. Right? These are promises you can hold to, guys. But it takes concentrated effort to go and get that time with Jesus. And just like when it's 85 degrees in this room and that water in the back is empty, some of us, I think, are chasing each other to figure out who's, if they can get some before other people get some just so that you have some. 
we need to make sure that we have an even more, even more tenacity to go after Jesus. Of going for it even more at the inconvenience, right, of other things in our lives. Other things should be sacrificed. If you were thirsty, if you were dead thirsty, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't care about so many things. You, one thing you would want is water. Water. I just need some water. I hope that you can, if you are thirsty right now, if you are feeling dry or wrung out, I hope that you will run, you will sacrifice, you will do whatever you need to do to fill yourself up with Jesus. If you feel full then be pouring yourself out into others. And then go back and fill yourself up again. Because the church needs you. The world needs you. This world is dry. And we are the water of life. And it flows from us because of Jesus and because of His Holy Spirit. I pray, church, that we can be a church that will be a refreshment to the world. And when people walk in here who don't know us, and if you don't know someone, then we pour our hearts out into them. We pour Jesus out into the world, right? And people come in here and they get refreshed by us. And we can be refreshed by each other. Let's change the world. Let's water. Let's plant. Let's see God make some great things grow. Amen.